So what makes rich dad, poor dad different is that, as you know, my poor dad was a PhD in education. But what does school teach you about money? Did you learn anything about money at school? Most people don't. So that's why I had my rich dad, who was my best friend's father, and he was teaching me what the rich teach me. So look, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be poor, I hate to say this, you can go to school, but you still won't learn anything about money. And education is more important today, but what do you learn about money? Most kids not going to school, they're coming out of school deeply in debt with student loans, still not learning anything about money. Look at the middle class. You know, they may have high paying jobs, but the jobs are, are going away. And what makes Rich Dad difference is we teach what the rich teach people. Hey everyone, welcome back to Advanced Lessons in Millennial Money, featuring Robert Kiyosaki. I'm Alexandra Gonzalez. And this episode, we have a very special guest, Shane Coniglia. He's the CEO and president of Rich Dad, real estate investor, and business partners of Robert and Kim. Thank you for joining us, Shane. Thank you, Alex. Happy to be here. Thank you. So everything so far has been very valuable. And my main question too, after all this information and my financial education is, if I can barely afford my avocado toast, <laughs> how can I get enough money for the capital for an, a down payment for the investment? Okay, first we're gonna have to cut the avocado toast out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the first thing is, is OPM, other people's money, right? So let's look at this from a big picture point of view, okay? I get this question a lot. Trillions of dollars move hands every day throughout the stock market, throughout bank loans, um, throughout personal loans, car purchases, retail purchases, so on and so forth. The reason I'm starting with that is, is you have to get the concept in your brain that the money is out there, okay? And other people who have money, they wanna find good investments, but they don't wanna put the work into finding the deal. So once you learn how to find the deal and you get a good deal and the numbers make sense and you can give somebody a return on their investment and that return, it would be foolish to get into what a good return would be because each deal is in a case-by-case -case basis. They don't, there's, there's not a, a magic number where you have to hit X percent every time. So don't fall into that trap. But you have to get a good return. So once you set that return up, you'd be quite surprised once you start within your network, your family, your friends, and so on and so forth, how much other people's money is out there that is looking for a good deal where they don't have to do a lot of work for it, they get a return on it, and they also own part of a physical asset, that physical asset being the property you've purchased. These are things that a lot of people actually get scared of, and I find it interesting because actually that's the most exciting part. That's where you have to focus on your financial education. You have to understand what does other people's money mean and how do you present that good deal? That's why at Ridge Dad we preach financial education. So Robert actually explains OPM perfectly. So let's watch a clip on what he has to say. You see, the beauty about real estate is you learn to use debt to get rich. I'll give you another tip. If you're going to be rich, you have to learn to use debt. It's called other people's money. So when I hear poor people say to me, I don't have any money, I say, because you're an idiot. That's why. You're not supposed to use your money. You're supposed to use other people's money. Well, that's debt. I don't want to do that. 
and so they stay poor. So OPM is something we're not taught about in school. Now I would like to pick your brain about the major considerations investors need to look at and look for when they're searching for a property. Okay, great. So these are the key questions. The, the considerations are, are arguably some of the most important things that you have to not only address, but you have to make sure that they're in line. So when we talk about considerations, the first one is you got to look at the top line of the deal. You got to make sure your numbers roll out and make sense. And in those numbers, you have to make sure you're, con you're considering things such as taxes. Property taxes won't go away. You have to consider things such as a percentage of potential loss from non-rental, so empty, right, or vacancies. That's a big one. Uh, the next one would be your maintenance issues, anything that's going to happen from air conditioners to toilets to plumbing to so on and so forth. Uh, the other one would be um, basic type of updates that you have to do when a tenant moves in and out. So for example, anything from the cleaning of the carpet to the replacement of the carpet to dishwasher, appliances, things of that nature. And then everything else starts to drill down to. Now there are the things we're trying to, if we get into them all, this video will be too long, but these will get you thinking. And then the next level is when you start getting into the, back to the top of the line in terms of that mortgage payment, the interest rate, how long is the note going to be carried. And you also have to include a percentage if you're going to if you're not going to manage the property yourself then you have to have some feel or some concrete number to use that you're going to pay a property manager that's going to take care of all these issues that could pop up in 1997 when I released rich dad poor dad that book caused a bit of an upset because I said your house is not an asset so in today's world, if you want to be rich, you have to know the difference between assets versus liabilities. One of the reasons so many people are struggling financially today is simply because they're calling their liabilities assets, such as your house is not an asset, your car is not an asset, and things like that. So very simply, when I was a young boy, my rich dad taught me, he says, you have to understand a financial statement. So this is an income statement, this is a balance sheet. Now this is overly simplified. He says, what creates something to be an asset is very simply assets, cash flow money into your pocket. And a liability takes money from your pocket. So for most people, their houses are not assets or liabilities because every month it takes money to live in that house. Even those who say, well, I don't have any debt on my house. I've paid it off. Look, you still have insurance. Still have upkeep, you still have maintenance. So recently over summer, I put into practice the Rich Dad philosophy and I searched for my investment property so I could be prepared for the future, just like we've been taught here. That's awesome. Doing the real thing, right? And I just realized that the numbers really didn't make sense. And I did go through that emotional attachment that you talked about, which was what was really hard for me when I tried to separate from the deal. But I realized that if the numbers don't make sense, at least I went through the process, learned, and now I'm prepared if there is a crash, then I can go in and take advantage of the education I received from this. Right. So the great thing you said there is that you put into practice mm -hmm. the rich debt education. So you took what you learned and you actually practically applied it to a real deal. And that deal at the end of the day did not make sense. That's just as important as making the deal itself because you didn't make a mistake. Now, we don't want to be caught into the space of being too afraid to make a mistake. That, that we have to be really careful of because eventually you're going to have to sign on the dotted line, as they say. But I, I just want to repeat, 
you have to take action. You, you can only do so many things and learn so many things before you take it and you apply it and you learn what the actual world is really like. So uh, I'm going to say it just one more time. Doing the real thing is where you will really learn and making sure you are emotionally responsible and strong to walk away like you did if the deal doesn't make sense. Very important. I agree 100%. And one thing that you mentioned very valuable was the best deal is the one that you walk away from. Exactly. And that was crucial for me because I would have been stuck with an investment that had negative numbers because of the emotional attachment. And then the negative numbers now stop you from going on to deal two, three, four, so on and so forth. And it doesn't just stop you emotionally because you're going to be stressed out about it, but it stops you with the bank. The yeah. bank's going to look at that and say, hey, you're, you're, you got to straighten out this first property or you won't be able to use that first property on your, uh, on your list of assets when you try to get approved for the next loan. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just don't want that to happen. So being emotionally responsible is very important. But again, can't say it enough. You got to get out of it. You got to do the real thing. You got to apply your education. Thank you so much, Shane, for teaching us all about financial education, OPM, and the pros and cons of uh, renting versus buying. You're welcome. Happy to do it. Thank you. Join us next time for the Advanced Lessons in Millennial Money. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and comment below. Nos vemos pronto. Cuídense. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.